Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888. Money Pit is presented by the Angie app, LL Flooring, Total Tech, Bank of America, and Deep Sentinel. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house to help you create your best home ever. Whatever that means to you, whether it's a project inside or out, we're here to lend a hand. Help yourself first by reaching out to us at one eight 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 Money Pit or posting your questions to moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show on a warm summer evening, there's nothing better than sitting out on the porch until the mosquitoes arrive. We're going to have some tips, though, on how you can set up some retractable screens that can keep those pesky pests away. And the pandemic, it really did drive a surge of home buying from millennials. But it turns out that the many of the purchased homes out there needed far more renovations than they were expecting, and nearly half blew their renovation budgets within the first year. So we're going to dig into what happened and what the home buying economy looks like going forward. And also, Head, have you ever needed to tackle repair where you wanted to glue or seal something and you had a really hard time figuring out what product would work and would work well so you don't have to do the job over and over again? manufacturers are getting much smarter about designing sealants that do it all inside and out in all types of weather, and some can even work underwater. We're going to share that technology, which is going to save you a ton of time just ahead. But first, whether you're doing or dreaming, whatever it is, we can help you make your home everything that you want it to be. So give us a call so we can lend you a hand at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Terry in Alaska's on the line and has some questions about kitchen design. How can we help you? I'm working on my third house. Third house is supposed to be free when you build them yourself, but that ain't working out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the point here, we got the kitchen cabinets all uh, brand new from the factory in boxes, and now we're at the countertop dilemma before we really get going. And uh, every one of these uh, TV shows, if they ain't granite, the people are like, I ain't buying the house and that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking uh, granite and any of that stone stuff, so over $100 a square foot around these parts. So I'm trying to, uh, the last plant that we had was pretty darn good and uh, kind of wondering if what in the future here, uh, 
Is laminate dead? <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think, Leslie? I mean, I do not think so. I use them a lot on projects for work, and I use them on my TV design shows. I actually just did a bakery in Brooklyn for our design show on the Bravo Network, and I used a laminate that looked just like a Carrera marble. I mean, granted, it had seams in some places, and you you know you knew it wasn't the real deal, but it looked gorgeous and it was like a fraction of the cost i mean it's really amazing how many options there are there's a couple of brands you should look at it's formica it's laminart and wilson art and you can order sheets from them i mean you might find a better option than what you might find at your local home center i don't know how much shipping might be to alaska but you know you there's a ton of great options out there from things that look like a natural surface to just completely outrageous things so i wouldn't be afraid of a laminate i did see they started having better uh, i don't know the edge trim and then they tried to make the 45 degree miters go away better i got like 50 square foot of this stuff and i was thinking if if i buy granite i gotta stare at granite the rest of my life because it costs so much but if i buy laminate and i don't yeah. like it a couple of years down the road i can rip it out with some new without too much work all those people that get granite they love it when they first get it and then they slowly but surely begin to hate it because it's hard to take care of because it's stone yeah. and I mean, it's, I hate it soaks up yeah it soaks up everything i, I don't hate it for the maintenance reasons I just don't like the look of it anymore. Yeah, when they're doing uh, open houses around here, I kind of run through some of them, and uh, and I see that they basically put the granite countertop in there, but they got the cheapest cabinets you could possibly buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're making up for it somewhere, but I'm not. I guess it's not a pig to me, so I'm not playing that game. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Terry. We hope that helps you out. Yep. Thanks. Bye. All right, Kay's on the line now, and she needs some help painting a door. Kay, tell us about your project. Yeah, and I listen to you every week you're on. Oh, thank thank you so much. I wanted to paint my uh, wood door. It's a very old wood door. It's red now. Okay. Uh, My husband painted it uh, only one coat. And I think it was blue. Okay. It needs another coat to make it real red, but I want to paint it white. Well, I mean, the color is a personal preference. So uh, to paint this door, the best thing to do is to take it off of the hinges and lay it flat on a couple of sawhorses. And then you want to sand the old surface. Uh, you want to make sure you get rid of any flaking paint, any cracked paint, because you can't put good paint over bad paint. you got to get all that stuff off. It's not cracking or anything. It's smooth as can be. All right, so then he, he must have done a great job when he painted it last time. He did. He sanded it down to um, the wood. It was all original wood, so it's really smooth. That's why I wasn't sure. And I don't know if I can get the paint off, like, you know, if you, and I didn't want to scrape it. Well, I don't think you have to take all the old paint off. If it's adhering well, then you're good to go on it. So sand it down, and then I would recommend that you put a coat of primer on because this will make sure that the new paint adheres as well as the old paint did. Primer's kind of the glue that makes the paint stick. So put the primer on. Well, kills work because i got to get on the kills. It'll work fine. Yep. You put the kills on, let it dry, and then you could put your top coat on that. To sand it. What do I have to do? Knock the sheen off? Yeah, knock the sheen off. Exactly right. You don't have to sand it down with a raw wood, but you have to you know, get that sheen off. So a medium grit, like 100, 100 grit sandpaper would work really well, okay? Okay. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. 
Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Right now at MoneyPit.com, you can enter the Safe at Home Sweepstakes, which is presented by Deep Sentinel. And it's the only security camera system out there with live security guards that are monitoring your camera footage in real time. You can win from almost $4,000 in camera systems to keep your home safe. Plus, make sure you share the sweeps with friends to earn bonus entries. Enter today at MoneyPit.com. Debbie in Ontario is on the line, has a question about concrete. What's going on? Um, my question to do with concrete is that we, we had a cement porch and patio um, okay. attached to the back of the house. We had to have a large portion of that, like the, pat, the porch for sure, and a large portion of the patio removed because we had um, our, around our foundation dug. New cement was poured, the porch first, and then the patio was replaced. What happened is, Within about four days or so, it, like they did the cuts the next day after the pour, but a few more days after that, we noticed two cracks came in the two cement pads that butt up against the porch. And left and right side, the crack goes diagonally across the pad. I just we're kind of wondering, um, the, the contractor saw what happened and he's sick about it and we were just wondering if there's anything that can be done without having to remove those two large pads of cement that attach to the house and go through all that jackhammering and all that again. So these pads, is this like a stoop that you say they lead up to the porch? Are these like parts of the, sort of the sidewalk? The patio, and then the porch is the only thing that's higher than the patio. So the patio is level okay. with the cement driveway, and then the porch mm-hmm. is up from that. So it's on the patio itself. And that's where the crack is through the patio? Yeah, the patio. So the two cement slabs that are on either side of the porch and the cuts that were made in the cement come up to the corner, the outside corner of the porch on either side. But then you know how they okay. can't cut but right up. These are, okay, so, so you're talking about a patio and you're talking about two cement slabs that are opposite ends of the porch. So I'm having a real hard time, as I'm sure others listening are too, trying to figure out what this is all about. But it sounds to me like you've got slab on grade sections right? Mm-hmm. And you're calling that a patio or a pad. Mm-hmm. And you have the correct. porch section. The porch seems correct. to be fine. Is that correct? Correct. And Okay. So I would think that um, the, the soil underneath uh, the patio areas um, would need to be especially well compacted before those slabs were poured. Because considering the amount of demolition that had to have happened, I suspect that that soil outside the porch area would not have been compacted, and that would have been really key to make sure that those slabs don't crack. 
Um, the reason that they're cracking is probably because there is some compaction that happened based on the weight of the concrete and the drying and such. And, and that's why they're cracking now. Now, can you do anything about it? Well, whatever you do about it, it's going to be cosmetic, not structural. If also, if that concrete was not reinforced, that's another reason that it would crack. There's ways to put concrete in that's just plain concrete, and then there's other ways that you could do it where it's reinforced. So if it wasn't reinforced correctly, that could be another issue. But there's nothing that you can do to repair it structurally at this point. You're always going to have a crack. So you know what you could do is seal that crack. There are special uh, caulk-like. It's not caulk, but it's a caulk-like product that's designed to seal concrete. Um, but you're always going to be looking at that crack unless you resurface the whole patio section. And again, there are products that are designed specifically for that, that will stick to the old uh, concrete slab, which is actually pretty new in your case, and perhaps cover the, the crack. But that crack's always going to be sort of the place where the patio decides to expand and contract the seasons. So mm-hmm. I do suspect you'll always see some part of it. So you either live with it and uh, repair it cosmetically or just have it torn out and re-poured. I mean, a slab itself is not that big of a deal to get out. You know, it seems like a big deal, big deal, but Frankly, they break up pretty quickly. Uh, And then, again, key is making sure that that base is properly compacted and properly tamped and that the slab is properly reinforced. And if that's done right, uh, with the right concrete mix, this should not have happened. Okay. Would would it be all right even just to replace, like, cut out maybe two feet along that slab and make, like, just take out the, the corner square of it? You're gonna have you're gonna have that be separate slabs now. It depends on whether or not you want to see that. It's always gonna be a cut. So no, probably not. Unless you want to make it an expansion joint and have it be completely separate, you know, pieces of concrete. Okay. Very good. All right, good luck with that project. Sorry that happened to you, and thanks so much for calling us at eight eighty eight Money Pit. Thank you. Hey, do the cooler evening temps draw you to the front or the back porch? Or would you like to be able to open up your doors to the breeze whenever you can? Well, to enjoy the summer breezes and lower your cooling costs without the harsh sun or bugs, consider adding a retractable screen. Yeah, retractable screens can roll out when you need them and then fit neatly back into their hidden casing when they're not in use. Now, I've got one of these on my home office door, which uh, faces the exterior, and I really love them. The kind I have is contained in sort of a cylindrical cover that is on the hinge side of the door, and when we open the door... We just pull the screen right across and snap it in place. It's got a magnetic catch, and it works perfectly, and we get to have, like, the full door open, you know, to basically enjoy that cool breeze. But we don't have to have a regular screen door on it, which kind of covers the front door, which is kind of pretty, and we really didn't want to do that. So they're definitely a good option. And they can be customized to any size, from a window or door to even larger spaces. I mean, the back porch could easily be transformed into a shady screened-in porch when the bugs are on the hunt, and then back into a completely open air porch when you're ready for full sun. Yeah, and the screens are also available to cover large doors that swing in or out. And the screening itself is available in so many different styles. And the mesh can be customized by color or even the tightness of the weave. So you can really have it as obvious or invisible as you like. Yeah, I've seen some meshes that are that are practically see-through, which is really, really cool because you still... It's amazing. Yeah, you don't lose the beauty of your yard. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. 
no judgment. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Larry in Texas is on the line looking for some help with a new roof. What's going on? Well, we have a 15-year-old uh, roof. We put uh, 30-year timberline shingles on originally about 15 years ago. We had a hailstorm. I had the insurance adjuster come out and take a look at it, and he said, yes, you need to replace it. Um, he said, we've got about 35 squares to tear off and 39 to replace. Okay. He uh, uh, estimated 15-pound felt for most of it, but 30-pound felt for our 12-12 pitch. Um, he suggested uh, roofer company A uh, that suggested uh, shingle brand one. And okay. I have worked with a roofer B who said, no, we probably ought to go with shingle brand two. Are they both name brand shingles? Uh, yes, I can name them if you want. Yeah, and they're dimensional shingles, so do they look like the Timberline that you mentioned that you had before? Uh, or... Yes, they, they will be very similar to the Timberline dimensional. Yeah. And do they um, both have the same warranty? I think they both carry 30-year, although one, I have not seen written copy from either one, and and uh, one of them indicated that after 10 years, uh, the warranty may taper off. All these roofers, all these contractors, they've all got their sort of attitudes and practices, and they like <laughs> one over the other. But let me tell you something. The, the differentiator on a roofing installation is not as much the shingle as it is the guy doing the shingles, the shingler, so to speak, because it all comes down to workmanship. And if the workmanship is not rock solid, it doesn't matter how good that shingle is, you're still going to have problems. And so I would make my decision based on which roofer I was most confident in could do a good job 
and whatever product he's comfortable working with, then I would just accept that product and not try to force him to use uh, another one. But the devil is in the details. You know, it's about the flashing, for example, and the underlayments and the ice and water shield and things like that. Uh, if you get a roofer that does a really good job with those details, then you're not going to have any issues. The adjuster missed one skylight in his estimate. He also missed one roof jack. And he said, oh, well, we can pick that up when the roofer does his job. Is that common industry practice? I don't know what he means when he says he can pick that up. If he missed it in his estimate, then I think you need to ask him to go back and revise the estimate to add the elements in that he missed. Because while you got this guy's attention and while he's into the, into the job and, and you guys are talking on a regular basis, I would just I would ask him to revise it. It should be no big deal for that to happen. We don't want this to go to uh, installation and then then there's a, a pavement dispute, you know, three months from now or something, and, and nobody remembers what was said to who and when. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to get it in writing. You're right. If you mixed the count up if he, you know if you had six skylights and he wrote down five and you make him change it that's not okay, a big deal well, you can do it I now. did a lot of quoting when i was still in the working world and yeah uh, counts are important yep that's uh, his job one, one quick note uh, my wife wanted a fishing tank out in front of the house and had one contractor dig that one and it didn't hold water had another contractor say i can do that so i have called it my money pit with apologies <laughs> to your program well that's okay we will lend it to you for that purpose you say a fishing tank is that like a like a goldfish pond like that kind of thing uh no it was about a three-quarter acre pond oh my goodness wow but here in texas they're called tanks okay well <laughs> all right <laughs> is there anything living in that uh, in that fish tank right now uh no, it's not holding water, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to put more money into it and fill it back in. Oh, boy. All right. Well, listen, whatever it takes to make your wife happy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us, Larry, at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, according to a new survey released by Angie, the pandemic drove a surge of home buying from millennials. However, many of these purchased homes are needing more renovations than they were expecting, and nearly half of them blew past their renovation budgets within the first year of homeownership. I even imagine it was sooner. <laughs> well, with us to talk about that and what the home improvement economy looks like going forward is Misha Fisher. Misha is the chief economist for Angie. Welcome, Misha. Hey, great to be with you both again. You know, going over a rental budget is no surprise to our more seasoned homeowners, but I'm guessing it was quite a rude awakening for some millennials. What drove it? Yeah, I think for millennials, this was definitely a baptism by fire in terms of jumping into the housing <laughs> market. This is a very, very competitive time to get a home, and what really drove a lot of it was when you've got a competitive market for the most desirable houses, people inevitably get pushed into houses that they wouldn't otherwise have necessarily wanted as much. But the demand for having that house and getting out of the downtown core and that cheap mortgage you can get on it is just too compelling to pass up. So a bunch of people flooded the market, and now they're finding that their renovation budget is quickly not uh, sufficing for what they had planned and getting blown out pretty quick. Well, are you guys also seeing that renovation costs are higher now because there's a labor shortage, material costs are going up? Did that contribute to some of this as well? Yeah, that definitely contributed as well. What happened was the overall price of lumber, for example, shot way, way up. There's also problems getting things like appliances and fixtures and things like that. But lumber really stands out with, you know, three, four hundred percent increases year over year because of the big spike in demand. 
uh, shut down of lumber mills, supply chain problems. That's all driven it up. And so if you're going for something lumber intensive, like uh, putting in an addition or aggressive remodel that requires new flooring or new siding or cabinetry, which requires all that plywood, then you were certainly hit with a uh, a big uptick in terms of the top-line cost. But even without all of those factors, people tend to go over budget. This just sort of took that uh, overall dynamic and put it into overdrive. So we found in some surveying we did just before the pandemic that by about a three-to-one ratio, people go over budget versus under budget. And what happened, though, was that uh, the pandemic just sort of took that dynamic and, and hit a lot more people with it. Well, I mean, it was interesting. You really found houses that were, you know, not in the best of shape and going for super high prices that sort of limited your budget to do the renovations. And then you were stuck having to do the renovations. I mean, I looked at several houses in the craziness of this market and decided to finally just say, you know what, it's too much to even just get in it. But I think a lot of people just were excited by low interest rates and the opportunity to do something that they never were able to do before in buying the house, especially these millennials. That's such an indicative experience of what a lot of people went through. And the low interest rates, it's really quite a compelling option. If you're looking at the cost of owning a home, it's really two costs, right? It's the cost of buying the home, but because so few people buy in cash, the cost of renting the money, your mortgage interest, to buy the home is really, in some cases, one of the bigger factors you have to consider. And if rates dropped for, you know, lots of people, they dropped from just shy of 5% before the pandemic down to, in some cases, below 3%. So if you're talking about rates that are, you know, 30 to 50% cheaper, in some cases, it might be rational to then go bid up the price of the house you're planning to buy by an equivalent amount. And so, that's why we saw this big, big uptick in addition to all the demand. And Misha, your work on the home improvement economy and predicting the economy for home improvers has been really, really fascinating. Before we let you go, I want to ask you about the availability of pros to get these projects done, because that's been a big challenge for homeowners as well. If they're not DIYers and they want to hire a pro to get a job done, we've been recommending, Angie, for years, for folks to find a good quality pro to be able to compare reviews and so on. But are there enough pros out there to accomplish what needs to be done? It's a tight labor market. And I think in a lot of local markets, people are finding that there's just not enough pros out there to get everything done. And so one of the things we're constantly working on is trying to increase that supply. And that's obviously one of the benefits of the platform is if somebody enters this labor market, one of the things we try and highlight is that this is a really entrepreneurial place you can go if you are ambitious and talented and willing to work hard, you can jump into the home services. And uh, as you train up and get better, you know, platforms like ours can, can deliver people a lot of demand that so they can go out and, um, and help consumers with those things. And I really do think, you know, there's a tendency when it's that hard to get somebody to want to do it yourself, but that can be, that can be uh, definitely penny wise pound foolish because, you know, the smallest little mistake might end up costing you a lot of money and uh, or more, you know, if you're playing around with electricity and gas and things like that. Those things are definitely not something that you want to just do it yourself. And so I think the main thing is that if you are in a tight labor market, you just have to be patient, not rush the process. If you get a bad pro, it's going to be worse than just waiting a little bit longer. So, you know, use platforms like ours to make sure you're getting high-quality pros 
And even if they're busy, you know, just be uh, be patient rather than uh, going with uh, somebody who doesn't have the track record of being able to deliver for consumers. Yeah, if somebody has plenty of time to get your project done now and they've been around for a while, there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> so, so you're yeah, better off yeah, finding somebody yeah, exactly. who says, I, you know, I can schedule you in two or three or four months and you know that they're going to be reliable. Misha Fisher, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Misha Fisher is the chief economist for Angie. You can learn more at Angie.com. Thanks again, Misha. Great job. Thank you both for having me. It was great to be with you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. David in Mississippi is on the line with some cracks in the foundation. Tell us what's going on. My house is uh, eight years old or nine years old this year, but I got ceramic tile and, and it keeps cracking my ceramic tile. So we're talking about cracks in the floor, David? Yes. I hadn't seen none in the walls or nothing. I just in the floors with ceramic tile. And it's in different rooms, too, so I know it's more than one crack. I just, uh, that, that's, it's, uh, the only thing I can think is stress cracks from the concrete foundation. Well, it may or it may not be. Now, when you put ceramic tile on a concrete floor like that, and especially in a large surface, um, there is an isolation membrane that, uh, works well to go down in between the concrete and the tile, and that helps to prevent the condition that you're seeing. Unfortunately, there's no easy fix for this. It's, there's no inexpensive way to, 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 to stop a floor from cracking if potentially it was installed improperly to begin with. The only general advice we can give you is to make sure you try to keep it as dry as possible down there because moisture is going to make the, the slab move more. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. What if I took the ceramic tile up and uh, put some hardwood floors in? Well, you couldn't put solid hardwood floor because the moisture will cause it to warp. But what you could put in is engineered hardwood floor. And in fact, if you wanted to put engineered hardwood floor in, you don't really have to take the ceramic tile up. You can leave it down there and just go on top of it because it's not connected to the floor. It pretty much rides. It's a floating floor. It rides right on that surface. You'd put down a very thin underlayment underneath it. It's a very thin foam-like underlayment, like maybe a quarter-inch thick. Then the the boards are snapped together, and they sit on top of that. You just leave a gap at the edges of the room. Okay. I sure appreciate it. I listen to y'all show all the time. sure appreciate all the information I get from y'all. Well, Leslie, the last time I needed an adhesive for a job, I did what most people do. Headed on over to the home center, walked over to the paint department, which is where they usually keep all the caulks and the glues and the sealants, and then proceeded to spend a good 15 minutes reading the tiny print on labels trying to figure out which product was going to work for my purpose. They don't make it easy. No, I mean, they really don't, and the print is so small, so you could be reading for a little while. 
So if you've got a repair to make, you know, it really isn't easy to choose that right adhesive. Now, some are designed to stick, some are designed to seal, some are designed to stretch, and not too many can be used outside where UV rays will dry it out and then crack, and even fewer can be used underwater. Well, one that really does it all and is out now from the original Super Glue Company, and it's called Total Tech. Now, it's really the perfect mix of a heavy-duty construction adhesive and an all-purpose sealant. It's really strong adhesive that can hold up to 430 PSI, but it's also super flexible. You can actually stretch over three and a half times its length. That means if you're using it to seal a window or repair a crack, all of the expansion and contraction that occurs in those areas are not going to impact that seal. Now, it also is 100% waterproof, and it works during all weather conditions, even underwater. I saw a really amazing demo. It's the kind of demo I like to do on TV, and you would too. So in the demo, the guy takes a, has a fish tank, right, filled up. He takes a basketball, and he squeezes this, the uh, total tech on the bottom of the basketball, you know, make a, like a two-inch wide, like big drop of it. Then he presses the basketball into the water all the way to the bottom of the tank, which, of course, is soaking wet. The water closes around the basketball. Then he takes his hand off, and it stays there. I mean, what does that? What kind of adhesive will actually stick to wet surfaces underwater? I was pretty impressed with it. It comes in clear. It comes in white. It dries in an hour. It's even paintable. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it your local hardware store, or you can check it out at supergluecorp.com slash total tech. Good stuff. Now, we've got Martin on the line who wants to talk about fascia boards. That is an excellent design detail on the exterior. What can we do for you? The fascia boarding that connects the ceiling of my porch roof to the overhang has separated from the ceiling. And I want to know if I need to, do I need to rip that out and replace it? Or can I just seal it and maybe put a larger molding over it? Well, if the fascia board is loosening up, then I would tell you to resecure it. And that's actually not an, an unusual thing to happen uh, because the nails that hold that are usually going into the ends of the, of the rafters behind it. They tend to expand and contract a lot. But what I would do is I would tell you to resecure it, but do it with screws, not with nails. If you use long screws like two and a half inch uh, case hardened drywall screws or, or uh, wood trim screws, that will pull that fascia board back in tight, and it'll be impossible for it to loosen up again. So don't think of it in terms of something covering it. Just put it back where it was, but use screws instead of nails, and it won't come out again. Okay? And do I do that by going under the molding? Well, you want to try to get that fascia board re-secured in. So if that is going to require you to take off a piece of molding to get to it, then that's what you do. But you want to get to the original fascia and tighten it up. Okay. I can do that then. Thank you very much. All right, Martin. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So David reached out. He's worried about his roof. He says that his roof might be due for replacement soon, but he discovered there are large visible gaps in the roof sheathing and wonders if it's an immediate concern. Actually, David, it depends. You know, some roof sheathing materials are supposed to have gaps. For example, wafer board or aspenite has this type of metal clip called an H-clip, which is specifically designed to provide some space between the sheathing panels because they expand and contract. So what you're saying are large visible gaps. 
I don't know. It might just be the normal seam between the plywood that's designed by the manufacturer. So I wouldn't worry too much about that unless you have any other like more significant issues of concern. Yeah. I mean, David, if it's not leaking and it's not buckling, you're probably okay. So look at that. Well, we all know that when it comes to home value, location, location, and location are the three most important factors. But realtors are reporting there are other factors that could surprise you. Leslie has the details in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, according to the experts at BobVila.com, realtors are reporting that some decor choices can actually make it harder to sell your home. Now, we're going to see how many of these recommendations you agree with. First up, wallpaper. Now, I love wallpaper, but not everybody does. And even though there's a comeback moment for wallpaper right now, not everybody is looking at it in an excited yay way. Buyers are looking at wallpaper and thinking, gosh, time, money, effort, got to get rid of it. So it might not be the best for every situation. Closets. If you get rid of a closet to sort of free up space to make a larger bedroom or add a master bath, that's a super bad move. People want storage, and they want storage now more than ever. Kitchens. They've been starting to look a little sterile. So if your kitchen is so white, maybe it's featureless and shiny that it could be mistaken for, say, an operating room, chances are it's not going to appeal to many potential home buyers. And people look at kitchens as a big price tag. So they're already like, oh, can I live with it? Do I need to do it? How much is it going to cost? The other thing is bathtubs. If you don't have one, people sort of think, I really need a tub. Walk-in showers, they're great, but tubs are important. So it can be kind of difficult, according to realtors, to sell a home with only showers since a lot of these home buyers do need at least one tub for young kids, pets, or maybe they just want to soak themselves. You know my dream is to have my own bathroom with a bathtub. (laughs) It's all I dream about on a daily basis. The other thing are high-end kitchen appliances. If you love to cook, you could be thrilled by a kitchen that has those high-end professional quality stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers. But be prepared, however, to lose money on those investments when it comes time to sell. Another issue is bold walls. I mean, there really is something to be said about having too much of a good thing. And bold accent walls are great but go all in and no future potential home buyer is going to be able to see themselves in your space, especially if those colors are far from neutral. And wall-to-wall carpeting, it's last on our list. It is out. Carpet does feel nice underfoot, but most home buyers aren't looking for a house that's carpeted and they know that it's kind of a pain to remove. So on the other hand, refinished hardwood floors can actually get you back some extra cash. So a lot of things to consider if you're selling your home, you know, whether now or down the road, make some smart choices. First thing we removed when we moved in our house, orange shag carpet. Yuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. I looked at a house, Tom, that in the photos online, the wallpaper was so faint, I thought it was just a light color paint. But every room, every wall was wallpapered within an inch of its life, and all I saw was dollar signs. Well, coming up next time on the program, you may not realize it, but your home is always moving. It's expanding, it's contracting, and it's settling. And sometimes that movement can result in cracks to your foundation. But how do you know if a crack is serious or just the result of some normal house movement? We're going to explain in the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 